1: What's up and welcome to episode of the Grindline podcast. You're listening to episode 187. I am here tonight with Ryan again. Tyler Hi. is um, is missing and I oh, don't well, know. Tyler. Now we know last week Tyler was sick with the man flu. And this week uh, he had asked earlier, hey, are we recording tonight? And we said yes. And it's now time and Tyler is not answering his phone, nor is he here. so it's slightly concerning but not concerned
0: not concerning enough that i'm going to do anything
1: about it i don't know what he's doing i don't either but usually if i
0: text him directly because you you screw up the chat because you're freaking android stuff
1: hey sometimes
0: the chat texts don't go through that's your fault
1: we do have stuff to talk about tonight and i thought you were going to say more and you ended up not saying anything you just took a drink and it (laughs) made for an awkward pause but we do have a show tonight again, dead new season. But we have what I am now calling the grind podcast hot take theater. Oh that is what is going to happen now. We are going to give some hot takes before Dear, the season starts. And then in a couple of weeks, we're actually going to have a cool guest on for those of our listeners that like video games as well as hockey. We will have a cool guest come on in a couple episodes. But hot take theater is what we are doing tonight. And we have gathered some hot takes from Twitter. We've gathered some hot takes from Facebook. We have our own. And we're going to just dive right into it because this is the best time to just make up shit and see if it pans out by the end of the by the end of the season. Tyler's dumb. Yeah, I know. Yes.
0: Did you see his text?
1: (laughs) I did see his text. Yes. Uh, Tyler said, and I'm not going to say it right now. The F word. um, We got yelled at for saying the F word uh, last week on Facebook or on YouTube. But Tyler said the F word in text messages. He um, apparently forgot it was Monday. He has selective amnesia. So. He literally asked. He did. I oh, said, yeah. hmm. hmm. He asked earlier today yeah. on Monday, which is today. That's what I thought. We pot
0: him tonight. Yep. I go, I yep. assume so. And mm-hmm. you go, yes. Oh, I was. And there. And then he didn't respond. I was there. And yep. then you go, want to do hot takes tonight? Yep. I gave the eyes emoji. Mm hmm. And then you said you're coming up or come up with some hot takes. Don't have to be wing specific. Could be league wide. Yep. Still nothing from Tyler. Oh, Ryan else reads the transcript.
1: <laughs> Ryan's got receipts. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler knows what's going on. All right. So, Ryan, did you come up with some hot takes? Absolutely not. Okay. I'm going to make it up as this, we go. Do we need to start with my hot take? Sure. Or do we want to start? Actually, let's do Twitter hot takes first. Oh, I'll okay. save mine for last. I like mine. So, Twitter hot takes. First, we are going... <laughs> I love Jake. Jake Rivard from the now three one three hockey podcast says three one three will be the funniest hockey podcast in the world by the end of the season. Now, if you haven't listened to their episodes, uh, they just started recently. So if you haven't listened to them, that's understandable. But they are pretty funny. Now, our aim is not to be funny. We just are randomly funny sometimes. At least we think we are. We don't have
0: humorous people like they do.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's just like a that's a shot, Ryan. But I yeah. like them; we're, they're we're funny.
0: Jake's witty. Yep. It's uh, Maddie is funny. Yeah, I don't know the other. What's the other guy's
1: name? Tom. Uh, Tom joins in too. Tom. I don't know Tom, but
0: I know Maddie and Jake. Those two, they get going and it's on.
1: Yeah. So if you haven't listened to three one three hockey podcast, check it out. They're a funny group of people. Funniest in the world. By the end of the season. I don't know. There's a lot of really good comedy podcasts out there and you're a hockey podcast. So I'd maybe pump the brakes but a
0: little bit. He says funniest hockey podcast,
1: though. Oh, he does say hockey podcast. So maybe I mean, Spittin' Chicklets tries to be funny.
0: Ooh, OK. You're taking it outside the redwood. See, I was that was way too narrow minded focused here.
1: Now, see, he didn't say. Uh... Yeah. So. Ryan, right, now,
0: If you're going to top Spittin' Chicklets, you got to gotta up it. Like you you need some fucked up biz stories like uh, that's the only way you're about to come anywhere near it.
1: And that's hard to get if you're not biz. So. What? There's one. Oh, the F words. We had over under on F words and I set the bar at two and Ryan already hit one in the first five minutes. I already forgot. (laughs) So uh, the next one from Major Nelson on Twitter. And I like this one and it's it's Mm -hmm. hot, but I'm not sure it's super hot. No, it's it's pretty hot. Jacob Verona will score 45 goals.
0: I thought you were reading the other one.
1: Oh, no. Jacob Verona will score 45 goals, which is what we are on now. Now, Jacob Verona's highest goal total in his career so far is 25 in 69 games. Nice. In 2019-20 with the Washington Capitals. That, um, like I said, highest total. He had 52 uh, points that season. So last season with the Red Wings he in uh, 26 games had 13 goals. If you extrapolate that over, he'd be close to 40. Um, so, I mean, it's it's doable. But I think a lot of this also depends on where he's at in the lineup.
0: You know, I like the other one from Rium Olivier or oh, sorry, I'm probably destroying from that. Ryan's but goes, butchered he, Twitter name. They go with 40. I think that's a more realistic thing to look for. But
1: I think we had said if if Jacob Verona is getting healthy. 40 goals this season, if he's healthy all season, I don't think he would have any problem hitting 40. Now, that's also saying that maybe it depends where he's at in the lineup. But our no. second line is now much more improved with Cop and Perron.
0: I think everything this season on these guys goals totals going up is going to be the power play. Yep. We know what they can do five on five and out the gate from a penalty or what have you. If they if the power play finally clicks, then that 40 goal mark, 45 goal
1: mark, I think could be feasible. Feasible. Now, what's the difference, though, between feasible and likely? Is it feasible? Yes, I don't think it's that much of a difference. Really? So are you now are you closer to 40 on Verona or are you closer yes. to 45 on Verona?
0: I'm closer to 40.
1: Okay. So, right now, Jacob Verana, if I pull up Fresh's player cards, he's an EV offensive 80% and EV defense of 5%. His goals per 60 is at 100%. 100% goals per 60. He is a goal scoring machine For, for what it's worth, too. His assists, his A1 per 60, primary assists at 86%. That's high, too. His finishing's at 98. So. His finishing has gone up now. Funny enough, and it's because of the amount of games he missed. His offense has gone down the past three seasons. So, it's but I think that's neither here nor there with injuries. Now his war last season went up, and he only played the like I said the twenty three games. So, I think Verona has forty goals in him,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and. With a good setup guy like Peron, because your second line center last season was Pia Suter, and that uh, didn't yeah, work out. So you got Peron and Cop, and Cop is going to be a better facilitator. Cop is going to make more space than Pia Suter did because it feels like Pia Suter was afraid to get hit. Much so, more
0: complete dynamic there from Cop.
1: Cop and Peron will make much more room for verona to do his thing so i i don't know how hot of a take it is 40 goals i think what um 45 i think is the hot one 40 40 is doable depends on who you talk to i'd say and i think most people that you talk to will agree that 40 is an achievable total for verona if he plays an entire healthy season and depending how lalone's new system works too that's the other thing Uh, The other half of his is Rasmussen will gain a top nine role this season. And I think as of right now, Rasmussen is either a third line winger or a fourth line center. So if you're getting him top nine, you're going to play him at the wing because I still am not sure they play Rasmussen at center over Tia Suter.
0: Yeah. I could see him doing top nine if it's on the wing. Yep. But that's about. I don't know. He, I could, he could go back and forth. But I think your bottom six is a little bit going to be a lot more interchangeable than what we're used to. Because, I mean, hell, we still have to sign Zadina. Yeah, so that's the other thing. Our next he, one's about
1: Zadina, and he's not even technically on the team right now.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, that, that you would think that he's probably your third-line winger. But <laughs> if he's not around, which I'm not saying he won't be, but, I mean, it opens the door a little bit more for Raz. I don't know. I, I think it's possible that he can be there, but also having him at on the fourth line isn't the end of the world. In my opinion,
1: I would agree. And I'm now one now. And we had mentioned this too with Larkin and cop as your top two centers and say your third line is Pius Suter, either Rasmussen or Valeno need to be moved to the wing. One of yeah. the two. And I'm not sure that Rasmussen showed he was a better center than Valeno and Valeno sure as shit didn't show he was a better winger than Michael Rasmussen. So I could see Rasmussen getting third line wing. I could see Rasmussen getting power play two minutes. Yeah. And I, I don't, again, I don't think that's that hot of a take. That's not a hot take. Verona at 40 and Rasmussen in a top nine role. I think that's fully achievable fairly quickly for Rasmussen to get a top nine role and Verona to get 40. I think it's doable. So I don't think that's that hot. But yeah. Zadina gets 20 goals from DRW got next at Red Wings got next on Twitter. Zadina with oh. 20 goals. What are you? What's your take?
0: I want to believe. I want to believe. But. Man, I don't know. But Again you look at what could potentially be there as far as the power play. You know the guy works his ass off. We've seen the videos. I think we got way too excited again last year, watching him doing his shooting drills on the ice and just freaking picking corners left and right. So you know that he's working on it, but, yeah. I mean, he's gone one, eight, six, ten for yeah. goals to this point. Is it doable? I think so, because I think we're talking about a little bit like he is trying a bit much like Tatar and or Nyquist would. So, but the difference was they were helping put the puck in the net more where he has not hit that stride. Now, granted, he's 22. Yeah, he will be 23 in November. So you got to hope and the expectation would be that coming into this year is, is maybe his coming of age moment where he starts to get that true feel for what he is as an NHL player. But I think And again, did you mention this,
1: Ryan? Did you mention he's 22 years old? Yeah, he'll be 23. Yeah, he will be 23 years old uh, in November. His birthday is the day after my birthday. Hey, look at that. So he'll be 23 years old this season in 74 games played. He had 10 goals and 14 assists. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for him to double it. Last season, he got lady Bing votes. Did he really? 49 games played, 6 goals, 13 assists, Uh, got Lady Bing votes. Yeah.
0: Oh, in 2021. Yeah, he did.
1: Yeah. So I don't see that as out of the realm of possibility, especially with a new coach. Especially, yeah. especially with a new coach, because <laughs> Lalone himself had said that, hey, Zadina is kind of the guy he thinks can do better in in a situation where his coaching has changed. Maybe someone gets on a more personal level with him, like Lalone says, he's the kind of coach to do, get more personal with the players and get to know them and all that. So if he can get in on a personal level with Zadina, get into his head, figure out what makes Zadina work, and then can get Zadina to shoot more from different areas and make himself open instead of, like we said, trying to sit in the OV office and just
0: mail yeah. him home. That's not worked out
1: it has not worked out for him right now because he's thrown everything wide. So I think that or right in the, logo. Right in the emblem. Yeah. So I think I mean, you if
0: you can, look at, don't, I'm sorry. I cut you off. I'll, no, I'll go like, ahead. I was going to say, if you look at his goal totals, like one eight six ten. 10, like I said, power play goals, though, one, one of one, four out of eight, three out of six, four out of 10. Yeah. So that needs to change in terms mm-hmm. of, He needs to be better at even strength to make that impact that we need from him or that we would want from him, I should say. But if we still see that power play goal total go up, we're in a good spot. Because, again, like I mentioned, if we start seeing an improved power play, we got really excited for it at the start of last year. And then our hopes and dreams were crushed in one foul swoop. But. We also feel, as we've talked about before, that maybe Blaschel had a lot to do with maybe squashing what he thought was appropriate and change things up because you could tell that the system was different. Things changed, and you're just like, well, shit, what the hell happened? So to your point, the regime change at coach and the coaching staff, maybe that is it's like the Cole Caulfield effect. Now, granted, Cole Caulfield is a much, much better player than Philip Sedina. Currently. Yes. He's a pure goal scorer. Like, there's no question about what he is out there to do.
1: But he is what Zadina was billed as in yes. Zadina's draft
0: year. I was going to say, but it's not to say that Zadina can't maybe, emphasize the maybe, turn things on and turn things around this season and become a goal scoring and or playmaking threat that we've been expecting him to be. I mean, 24 points in 74 games is a great no. but. It's good for a depth roll, and if he push if he starts clicking early on, like especially that's where I, I think 20 gold for him, that should be the standard.
1: yeah, like I think what, that should be his minimum.
0: but if he gets the, I think this year that's it can be a hot take because of what we've seen at this point. so but I would say that he can get it
1: so going through some of Zadina's other numbers, his possession metrics is kind of what I go back to. He's a positive Corsi player. I mean, in all situations, he's a 51.4 Corsi 4, which means he's controlling the puck more when he's on the ice. And his Fenwick's at a 50.8. If you look at even strength numbers, it's a little below 50. Um, But in all situations, it's above 50. Now, the number I go back to with Philip Zadina is PDO, which PDO, for those that don't know, is basically the NHL's version of a luck score. How lucky or unlucky... A player is and not nhl's version but hockey analyst's version of a luck score so they say 100 is your kind of your even at 100 100 is what you can expect from a player generally and zadina last season he was at 102.9 so a little overproducing what you could expect a little bit more what they what you would consider a little bit more of an unsustainable rate
0: 2021 season
1: yeah 2020 21 So this past season, he's had his lowest PDO score of his career so far at a 97.2. That means that it's just unlucky. Puck's not going in. Puck's taking bad bounce. It's getting blocked when it shouldn't be blocked. That's it. So he's also got more defensive zone starts this season than offensive zone starts, which I thought was a little weird. He went from 39% defensive zone starts to 42% defensive and 60 offensive to 58. So when looking at it, I think Zadina and you can say you can go half and half with it. Was Zadina not as good this season? Yes. Was he worse than we expected him to be? Yes. Was he doing the other hand? Was he doing positive things? Absolutely. Was his possession game good? Yes. Was he unlucky? The numbers show he was also unlucky. So you got to kind of weigh it. And again, he doesn't have a contract yet, so he's technically not even on the team. And if he's going to be on the team, you're going to want him in a top nine role. You're not going to stick him on the fourth line. You're going to want to be able to give him probably power play two minutes. And you're going to want to give him every opportunity to succeed because if it is a confidence issue currently, To fix the confidence issue, you have to have confidence in the player to go out and do his job. So...
0: Yeah, it's... I want to believe, like I said... I want to believe! He's taking probably more flack than any other player on this team, I think, to this point. Because, you know, he came in saying, I want to put pucks in net. And he's not putting the pucks in the net. So, if that changes this year, you're going to have a lot of people eating crow. But that's going to be a good thing because he's, that means he's improving. That means the team is improving and they're competing better yep. in that sense. Because we as you said, as he, said, he saw an uptick granted. It wasn't the greatest uptick in defensive zone starts this past season. But I mean, there were times that we were talking about his defensive play and we knew it had improved. I know that that was an emphasis for him coming into the year. It was talked about by Blashley and Iserman that they needed to be better at both ends of the ice, and he was one of those guys that stood out. Was it all the time? No, and I think that's the biggest one that's he's going to have to improve upon. So if that comes, if that clicks, hopefully it translates to the other side.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even other metrics on Zadina, his goals per 60 is up from over last season from 0.4 mm-hmm. to 0.6. His assists per 60 are down by 0.1. His shots per 60 are up. From 7.1 to 8.8. So he's shooting the puck more. His on-ice goals against per 60 is up by over a goal. Almost a goal and a half. But his on-ice goals for per 60 is also up. Meaning that uh, per 60 minutes in all situations, the team is scoring more this season with him on the ice than they did last season. By a marginal percentage, but still a, a increase nonetheless. So... I believe Zadina has it in him to do it. It's just getting his head straight, and I think a new coach can help that. So, again, this becomes the Philip Zadina hour, which I feel like every three episodes it becomes the Philip Zadina hour, where we just yep. have to talk about him because we need to improve our confidence in Philip Zadina. So, again, as we're as we're talking, uh, we got one. Jacob Verano will score forty six goals. Oh, just going up oh. by one. And Zadina jumps to the 45-point mark. Now, see, that's where I'd love Zadina to be. I would love Zadina to be at the 45-point mark. Will he get there? I'm not sure he gets enough ice time to get there. But if he shows that he's improving, you have to bump him up the lineup, right? Or use him in more special-team situations.
0: I did, yeah, I mean, you would think so. Because, I mean, if you've got him and Kubelik out there, and they're both you know, getting a little crazy with it, then it's possible. Because we want to see, because Kublik's form thirty goal scorer. So if he somehow gets back into form, maybe that rubs off on Zadina, who then is now pushing that twenty goal point.
1: Oh Lord! I just got a Verana scores fifty, and I that no. is a hot take. That All is right. not happening. Do that. I don't think there is any there is. It's face that's on Facebook. I don't think there oh. is any way Verana scores fifty. Um, it's. That's not going to happen. He will not get enough ice time to score 50 goals. It's just not going to happen. Uh, OK, another one we got. For Larkin, who sits at 358 points right now over a point per game. not sure about the distribution of goals, insists if he plays 60-plus games, he'll break into the top 20 in all-time wings scoring this year. He needs 79 pass, uh, points to pass Sid How for 18th, 75 points to pass Cronwall in the 19th spot, and 58 past Kozlov in the 20th spot now let that's basically saying Larkin needs over 79 points this season which trending in the correct direction if Dylan Larkin can repeat what he did last season and have a fully healthy season Dylan Larkin should be a point per game plus player honestly 69 points in 71 games last season. Larkin's hitting his stride. He's becoming peak. Dylan Larkin was fully healthy for a majority of the season. He had his core muscle surgery, which is not rare in athletes. That's just sports hernia. Especially hockey. Yeah, it's a sports hernia. You just ripped some muscles in your stomach and got to get them fixed. Which, I mean, I could do that carrying stuff up the basement stairs.
0: Picking our kids up.
1: It just Yeah, picking our kids up. I throw out my back once a month so uh, Larkin 31 goals 38 assists for 69 points last season uh, with an average time on ice actually down from the previous season in 19 minutes and 39 seconds from 20 minutes and 24 and the season before that 21 minutes and 15 seconds so this is the second season in a row whereas ATOI has gone down they've played him less but he managed to do more with I mean like I said from two seasons ago almost a Almost two minutes less of ice time per game, which I don't. For whatever reason, you would do that. I know he was taken off the penalty kill in a lot of situations. But which I think
0: he needs to go back on this year.
1: I do too. And again, very, very, very positive. Course his Corsi numbers went up, so his possession is very, very solid. I mean, he's Dylan Larkin. Come on. Oh, you don't.
0: Need, you don't need Corsi numbers to figure out that when he's on the ice, they've got the puck.
1: He is a complete two-way forward. That yeah. is what he is. Uh, people will try to argue me about it again. Still, I, I say that I don't think there is anyone under the age of fifty that thinks Dylan Larkin's a bad player. There's um, some. That there's a lot sense, of people. There are. There's a lot of people over fifty that tell me Dylan Larkin's a baby, and they tell me that on a constant basis. He's a baby. He's immature. Too immature to lead this team. Too young. Don't like. Him. He does. He needs to keep his mouth shut and play hockey. And that's like the stupidest thing you could say. So stop saying that. But Dylan Larkin, I think, now do you want a hot take on Dylan Larkin? Oh boy. Dylan Larkin comes close to if he's healthy. No, this is if he's healthy full season. Dylan Larkin comes close to 90 points next season.
0: Why don't you just go with 90?
1: Dylan Larkin, if healthy, gets 90 points next season. I could see it. And that would make him one of the top centers in the league, would it not?
0: I think it actually would. I don't have those stats pulled up. I should have saved those, but.
1: I think that makes him, I mean, and even still, it's not all about points. If you put no. points in with, say, something like Jay Fresh's um, player cards, Dylan Larkin is technically like a top 15 center in the league, even though points say he's like 20. by If you just go by points, when you take all other stats into account, uh-huh. Like, NHL recently ranked, was it uh, Robert Thomas above Dylan Larkin? Which I did not think was fair. I mean,
0: it's going to be a tall task for him to put up 90. So, I looked at the, the bottom two teams in the East that made the playoffs. The Islanders and the Capitals. Only the Caps had a 90, had an over 78-point scorer, and that was Obi. He had 90 points. Now... Okay. And then the Islanders, they didn't have anybody over 59, which is incredible.
1: Okay. Now and then he, he, the number
0: two scorer on the Caps was Kuznetsov, another center. He had 78 points in 79 games. So, I mean, with what Larkin did in 71 games, with what, 68, 69 points? Full season as possible. Again, we say that this roster is better. So it's possible. The reason I was looking at those teams is because, I mean, you're looking at playoff level teams. I did it basically. Yep. And is that what Detroit has? But then you look at Boston, who finished much better than both the Islanders and Capitals. Their leading scorer was Brad Marchand with 80 points in 70 games. So.
1: Now here's the other half of it, though picking up the players we picked up is Tyler Bertuzzi now permanently back on the top line. Probably. And if he is, there's your top line grit to get the, the pressure off of Larkin there. Mm -hmm. There's your puck retriever to feed Larkin to feed Raymond. Because last season you were either playing with Tyler Bertuzzi for some games on top. For some godforsaken reason, Adam Ernie with games on top. It's just it was not solid the entire season. Robbie Fabry played some top line minutes. That's not going to happen next season uh, unless there's just major rash of injuries.
0: I'll say he also has to not be hurt, too.
1: Yeah. So I think that. Being consistent the entire season, if it's possible. And if you have a top line of Bertuzzi, Larkin, Raymond, or you have a top line of Verona, Larkin, Raymond. Or you have a top line of Perron, Larkin, Raymond.
0: I feel like they're going to want to balance the righties. I do, too. So I think Raymond and Perron are going to be first line, second line, unless they do flip things up. If they they do. And it depends how Raymond
1: does next season, too.
0: Well, yeah. Is he going to have a sophomore slump or is he going to come out and get even better? I would like to assume the latter. Yeah, me too. Um, but. I mean, I see Raymond dropping and maybe Verona going up to really throw some firepower up there in a lot of speed.
1: Well, if uh, Raymond drops, I think your top line then becomes Verona, Larkin, Peron, And your second line becomes Bertuzzi, Copp and Raymond. Because you you add if you're moving your righty up. And Perron, you don't need that extra grit with Bertuzzi on the top. You move it down to the second line. Then you move Verona back up to the first. And even a top line of Verona, Larkin, Perron is a phenomenal line because we know Larkin is a great setup guy, and Perron was one of the best finishers in the league last season. Yeah. And then we just looked at Verona's finishing numbers.
0: Oh, yeah. And and you're not going to be worrying about Perron having to get up and down the ice like a, a bat out of hell because that's what you got Larkin and Verona for.
1: Yeah. So I, any way you slice it, like I said, the top six, and I've said this a couple of times, that to our top six, no matter how they start or where you put them, whether it's top line or second line, is a very good top six. And our bottom, because some of the ones that were in our top six were pushed down, our bottom six is getting better, but I don't think our bottom six is there yet. And that is if, yeah. if anything keeps us out of the playoffs it's going to be that bottom six plus some defensive issues if we have defensive issues. So that is, I mean, if,
0: if Larkin gets to 90 points, I would say that his, the goal, the hot take would would be 90. The goal should be 85 because then you're in conversations with guys like, and again, this is a one-off. We'll see if he can repeat it this year. Nazem Kadri, Matt Duchesne was right behind him with 86. Crosby and, he missed games and finished with 84. But then you've got only ahead of, ahead of 85 points. Nathan McKinnon, 88 points. Barkov, 88. JT Miller had 99. Stamkos, 106. Matthews, 106. Dreisaitl, 110. McDavid, 123. I mean, you hit 90 points. Really, 85. You're a top 10. Now, I'm looking at just centers. You're looking so at just, me, and you're looking
1: me, at just points.
0: Yep. I'm just centers right now, so let me clarify that point. So you are, you will catapult yourself into top 10 center range by hitting 85 points.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think it's feasible for Dylan Larkin. If you had to guess going back to PDO, what Dylan Larkin's PDO was last season in the best season of his career, 69 points in 71 games. What do you think Dylan Larkin's PDO was?
0: I feel like it's me like a
1: 99, 98.3. Really? So that's Larkin more unlucky than lucky. Which, again, also showed there was some finishing that just weird stuff. There was a lot of, I think, weird stuff last season, minus the blowouts and the garbage games in good games. There was just weird stuff that happened. And uh, he missed assignments, so Larkin would try to pass the puck where a guy should be. Guy wasn't there. Um, missed like, uh, opportunities to retrieve. So his PDO was lower than and actually, 2020 21 his PDO was 97.2 last season 98.3, his rookie season was his highest PDO ever with 101.9. So yeah. So more lucky than not in his rookie season, which kind of showed, he broke out and then had that sophomore slump, where he was really unlucky in his second season with a PDO of 96. That's low. So if he can pull that PD, if he gets 85 points in 82 games next season, I think his PDO will be closer to 100. Like right there. That's 82.
0: He was the number 14th in even strength points among centers.
1: I'm telling you, Dylan Larkin is a top half of the league center. I think there are, I think he could be a number one center on a playoff team. And that's a lot of people's arguments he's not a number 1 center on a playoff team. Well, what makes you a number 1 center on a playoff team versus a non-playoff team? The playoff teams still need a complete team of players. That's what makes them a playoff team. The top line center does not make them a playoff team. Yep.
0: But you um, know what's sad? Is that he drops into a tie for 48th. Actually, it's probably yeah, right around there. Right around there. He's bottom he's outside the top 50 for power play points.
1: Yeah. So again, but because our, power this team, pl- our special teams were garbage.
0: Yeah. So if this team turns around that power play, you're elevating Larkin. And now yep. that eight, that 80 plus points pushing 85, 90 may not be crazy. It could be because we're homers. We've got 10 foot hats on right now, but it's doable.
1: It's doable, and I think it's more doable than than I would say right now. It's edging more towards more likely than not.
0: I'll tell you right now, though, he better have that contract before puck drop. It's because oh, if, he Lord, those point, if he puts those points up and then has to go back into contract negotiations, oh, buddy.
1: You're giving me a heart attack. Did the Red Wings sign Dmitry Buchelnikov? Did he huh? get an ELC? According to hockey reference right now, he's on the roster. That can't be right. I don't think that's right either, but. I don't recall seeing the the tweet that they signed him to his ELC.
0: Cat Friendly would have him. I don't see him.
1: OK, that's it's right here on. On a uh, hockey reference, so I, I'm he, not sure.
0: he's showing as nothing on Cat
1: Great. OK, then I'm not going crazy. So, ready for my hot take, Ryan?: Oh boy. One of the Detroit Red Wings goalies will be in talks for the Vesna. And I'm sorry, what?: One of Detroit's goalies will be in talks for the Vesna. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to say that it is Ville Huso. Long pause.
0: Huh. What's the huh?: I mean, that's that's a take.
1: It's a take, but you saw how he performed last season, and on many sure. nights, better than Jordan Bennington. Our defense should be much more improved over last season. Bigger okay. guys, harder hitters. Mo in his second year, possibly an Edvinson. Olimata's a, a defensive guy. Sherratt's a guy who's going to make room and knock people down. He's going to clear the crease. Something our players seem to refuse to do, which is clear the crease. Give the goalie his eyes. How many times last season did we see Ned pushing people out of the way with his stick? Never game. To clear his own crease because no one would do it. So I think in last season... Vili Huso got Vesna votes. In 40 games played, he started 38 of them with a save percentage of 919 and a goals against of 256. Vili Huso. Hmm. So, I think that, I think this is probably going to be one of Iserman's better pick, Now that's hard to say, one of Iserman's better pickups because he really hasn't had any bad ones. Like O'Neillquist when he was on mentioned, Brendan Perlini, and I tried to force that one out of my mind. And I mean, I think it's going to be really good to have. I, I'll tell you right now that I think Huso and Adelkovic are going to be one of the best tandems in the league. And that's not even a hot take. You've got two young goalies who have both proven at some point that they are good. And you've got a more solid, responsible defense in front of them. I think they're going to be one of the best goalie tandems in the league. Is there a minimum
0: of games played for the Vezina? I'm assuming there is.
1: Uh, that I do not know. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think so, because if you only played a few games, you wouldn't get Vesna votes anyways. The voters are right. smart enough to, to go, hey, he didn't play enough.
0: Minimum of 25 games. Uh, that's the Jennings.
1: Okay, because last season, Ville Husso played 40. So I think, I think when NHL did their they're like uh fantasy rankings i think it was fantasy rankings they had villi oh, huso oh does isn't us
0: by the, the gms i don't think there's
1: well they had villi huso at around 26 wins and Tweeted. that's wait what? The, the the nhl put out a tweet and i think it might have been nhl fantasy uh for villi huso at at around 26 wins and that's i mean if huso got 26 wins now depending on how many starts he gets because there's 82 games, if they split even, it'd be 41 and 41. I don't think they're going to split even. But who do you think's going to carry a majority of the starts?
0: You'd think if Huso's getting to 26 wins, he's, he's locked it down.
1: You think? Probably. Because 26 wins in 41 games is a little over 50% wins.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's fair.
1: And in 40 games... Last season, he won 25. So I think if he's getting 26. Actually, that would be right on the mark. So if he got 41 games, he wins 26. That's an even split with 26 wins. And you got to hope he improves. So maybe in 35 games, he gets 26 wins. And then you look at Ned, who Ned had a hell of a time because he went from one of the best defenses in the league to the worst defense in the league. And in 59 games played last season had 20 wins. So figure Ned gets 26 wins, 27 wins. Mm -hmm. And at that point you're moving toward your, toward your playoff spot at that point. So, and again, this is if our goalies stay healthy and we thankfully have not really had goalie injury issues lately.
0: So that means you're jumping. So you're looking at, I mean, that's pushing you toward a hundred point mark. Like we had yep. talked about as being the oh shit moment.
1: Mm-hmm. But does Ned, if Ned's playing as well as Huso, do they both get Vesna, or at least in the conversation for the Vesna, right? It gives for, you something to think. Potentially.
0: About. I mean, I, I think at that point, if you've got both them performing at that level, then maybe you're hoping that, They've got the they're going for the Jennings at that point.
1: I'm going to be overly optimistic on our goaltending situation going into next season because of the improved defense.
0: Now you you are feeling good about that.
1: I'm feeling good, Ryan. I'm feeling wow. good. But I need a uh, before we close out tonight, I need a hot take from you. Give me a hot take, Ryan. My hot
0: take. I'm not even going to it's not going to be crazy. I thought I was going to come up with one really easily, as so I was like, "It's yeah,
1: harder it than you think."
0: But then now that I'm thinking about it and all the things we've talked about, I'm like, I don't
1: know. Well, even Brandon's in in the Discord from back in February was Carter Mazer will be the second coming of Tyler Bertuzzi, and if you look at the World Junior Championships, that
0: looks more realistic. Th-
1: yeah, it's it's looking more realistic than than it was in February. And we had talked about that, too, is just maybe Carter Mazur will be the next Tyler Bertuzzi because his his tournament was fantastic. So it's, it's I mean, hard. Hot takes are hot takes are hard to come up with without them being not so hot or incredibly stupid.
0: I guess I want to go. And it may be not even a hot take because it's actually more realistic. I would like to see Lucas Raymond at 30 goals, 70 points.
1: Okay. Is that that's, really a hot
0: take or prediction?
1: Well, that, you, to make it a hot take, I, you I, have I, to guarantee get, it.
0: I'll go crazy. I'll say my hot take is that Lucas Raymond hits 35 goals.
1: What did he have last season? 20, 23. 23. So that's eight more or seven more? 30, 30, you said 35.
0: Hot take would be 35, but I okay. think he could go 30 70 for his actual
1: season. I think he could go 30. I don't think him going 30 goals, 70 points in his second season is super out of the, out of the realm of possibility. He That's did why take a hot
0: take moment to 35 goals.
1: So 35, I think, would be hot take territory uh, to, to improve that much. Now, again, who's on the top line with him? If it's Bertuzzi making room, yep. and Larkin's free to do setups, and, and Raymond knows how to shoot a puck, we no saw su- what he can
0: do on the power play.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, no slowdown because he's in his second season. He spent the whole summer training. He didn't do any other play like he could have, and I mean, he really didn't play in the worlds.
0: Yep. So I mean, really, I, sh- I say we saw what he did on the power play, but he only had five power play goals. The rest of his goals were even strength.
1: Okay, what about this hot take? Most Cider wins the Norris next season. Unseating Kale Makar. And I think that's a super hot take.
0: You putting money on that?
1: I'm not putting money on it. No. no?
0: He's no. Got, there's got to be What's the money line on that
1: one? On, on uh, Cider for Norris?
0: We've got to have something already.
1: But I don't think. I mean, I think that's more of a hot take than not a hot take. Oh, man. I might put money on it. I feel like he's going to be higher it. than you think. I might put money on it. Hale McCarr is listed as a plus 200 favorite. Yep. Uh, so oh, here's, your, here's your lines. by him. I'm going I'm to guess off the top of my head. Him, okay. Adam Fox. Nope. No? Nope. Hale Hedman. McCarr. Roman Yossi. Okay. Victor Hedman. Yep. Nope. Charlie McAvoy. Really? Adam Fox. Aaron Ekblad. Quinn Hughes. Miro Heiskanen. Moritz Sider currently sits at a plus plus twenty five hundred. So tomorrow I will be putting $10 down on Mo Cider to win the Norris trophy. Then it goes Chris Letang, Devontae, Shea Theodore, Alex Petrangelo, John Carlson, Morgan Riley, Seth Jones, Thomas Shabbat. You
0: know what's crazy is that every time that Chris Letang's name is mentioned, I completely forget that he hasn't died.
1: <laughs> that he's aka like, retired. retired or in a front office somewhere and he just signed what a six-year deal was it i don't even know when hold i saw it i had blanked it out of my memory because i had the what are you doing pens moment
0: yeah it was it was a ridiculous contract is he like 30 isn't he like 34 actually hold on it is oh. nope he's 35 he will be he just turned 35 in april he's extended out until oh there's an arrow he is a UFA at the end of the 27-28 season.
1: Yeah, that's too long. Six. And 40, they did that, they did a loyalty, years. a loyalty contract.
0: And he's got a no movement clause. <laughs> On top of going it, anywhere. A 35 plus contract, so it's all but like he's getting it.
1: They'll have to LTIR him if they want to move him. All right, the one I missed. Simon Edvinson wins the Calder this year, making it the first time since 1954 that a team has won back-to-back Calders. And again, I'm trying to think of next season's rookie class. I mean, you're going to have a Mason McTavish come in and I think tear it up. Mason McTavish was awesome at the championship. Yeah, that guy that I wish we
0: could have gotten. But I mean, I'm not mad about it because we got Edvinson. But
1: Yeah. (laughs) But Edmondson, I mean, look good minus the food poisoning. So, uh, Ryan, I want to get your final thoughts before we sign off tonight, right after a quick read from our sponsors. What's up? It's Greg here from the Grindline podcast with a message from manscaped growing out your playoff beard. Let that thing loose up top. But our friends at manscaped are here to help you avoid a jumbo Joe downstairs. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming want to save your hockey pucks from a slap shot in crunch time this playoff season. Four million men worldwide trust Manscaped to prepare them for the Stanley Cup. Join them and go to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code GRINDLINE. Shaving your ball starts with the perfect package for your package, the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and has a 400K LED spotlight when you need a more precise shave. The Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer is also included in this package which is also waterproof, uses skin-safe technology so you can keep the unnecessary roughness on the ice where it belongs. There is no more pinching. There is no more pulling. There's no more crying because you're ripping out your nose hairs. Shaves them clean off with no issues at all whatsoever. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant to keep your balls sticking to your legs from end to end. No one will be chirping you anymore. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will give your balls a mousted. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag. Amazing bag, super soft, has just enough room for all the tools plus some extras. It's not too big. Uh, My problem is generally that the bags are too small and cannot fit everything. So I end up throwing extra stuff in a backpack. This bag is just the right size. The boys will be buzzing. This Stanley Cup lineup from Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code grindline at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code grindline at manscaped.com. Don't be a goon fighting your bush with the wrong trimmer. Choose the right tools for the job this playoff season with Manscaped. College football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of year right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. If that's not enough action, you can also place a same-game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, which team to score first, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $5 on college football, and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 plus in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See slash sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Redline at 1 800 889 9789. In New York, call 877 8 HOPENY or text HOPENY 467 369. One per new customer, minimum $5 deposit, and wager $200 issued as eight $25 free bets. And we're back. But Ryan, I want to get your final thoughts before we sign off. Man, the more I
0: think about this rookie class, so not even including Edmondson, if he, he has to make the roster for one, but I'm going to take this up into my final thoughts. Like that would be the steal of all steals. If Simon Edmondson manages to win the Calder, because he's going to be up against Mason McTavish, Maddie Beneers, Owen Power, Bull Perfetti, Jack Quinn, eh, uh, Long list. They've got Alex Holtz. Is it Holtz or Holza? Holtz.
1: Alexander Holtz.
0: Yeah. Then you got to think that maybe Euros Slavkovsky
1: is going to be playing in Montreal. Slavkowski. That's going to be a dumpster fire of a team, though.
0: What is Shane Wright going to do with with Seattle? I mean, they are they've gotten young, but they might be dynamic. Marco Rossi, he could be out there. Kent Johnson's starting to come along. If he's going to be in Columbus this year. So there's some names to keep the eyes on William Eklund. So it's this could be a fun rookie class like wh- I, last year was a good one. Don't get me wrong. But these names, I think, have made they're more. Even more known than this past season, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, that's just I mean, the game we always say the game is getting more skilled. It's getting faster with this class coming in. And then the class next season and then this draft coming up when that class comes, the, the the league is about to explode with skill and speed and it's going to be hard to keep up with a lot of these guys. So it's going to get really exciting really quickly.
0: Yeah. So it's, it'll be fun. So, but I'm just excited for where we're at. We're, unfortunately creep it up on september but the positive about that is for one football is about to start and as soon as football starts we've got training camp yep so and the prospect tournament so i'm excited we are less than a month from all of the good things happening
1: get your tickets so, for opening opening night Already, Adam. where are you gonna be at uh i haven't gotten mine yet oh uh, you're still I'm waiting? waiting for prices to go down Right now, where where you guys are at are around two hundred and forty bucks a ticket. Oh, cool. yeah. So yeah. I'm waiting for prices to go down just a little bit. That's fair.
0: Okay. Well, Twitter. Already Ryan thirty three. That's all I got.
1: My final thoughts are going to be: please go subscribe to us on YouTube. We also have a TikTok at Grindline Pod, where you can go also follow us there, where I post small episode clips. We'll be doing more stuff there as soon as more news comes down. And during the season, I would like to at some point next season, do a watch party somewhere. I might get with DMAC. DMAC does watch parties. Maybe get in with him and do some. If not, Ryan, we could go to a bar somewhere and do a watch party. I think that would be pretty fun. What was the one that was mentioned in, in the comments? Couldn't tell you. Can't remember oh. off the top of my head, but it's Damn. there. It's there and easy to find. Hold on. So. It's on is it like something it Lorraine's said? or something? Can't remember. But I would like to do watch parties. I I think that would be a good idea. Um, But my final thoughts are going to be, please go subscribe to us on all channels. If you can, drop us a review on the podcast platform of your choice. If you're listening on Apple, drop us a review there. I think you can can now review, not review, but maybe leave stars on Spotify. Uh, Give us thumbs up on YouTube. Uh, But any of the social media, subscribes, follows, reviews, helps us out a bunch. Uh, You can check out our merch on Redbubble by going to Redbubble.com and searching The Grindline. We give a shout-out to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet for sponsoring our podcast, uh, hosting it, and throwing it around on the internet. We also give a shout-out to Vintage Detroit, which is the only place you should get your hockey and Detroit jerseys from and worked on. They are absolutely amazing to work with. If you use the promo code GRINDLINE on Bring hockey back, you'll get 12% off your order. If you use that same promo code on Howie's Hockey Tape, you get 10%. And if you use it on Manscaped, you get 20% off plus free shipping. That's going to do it for us tonight, though. So for Ryan, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey
0: Town.